0: access to heaven on earth that means that everything that heaven has to offer through the holy spirit we have access to it come on and we can bring heaven here on earth that's a good thing right there come on that means that you're not stuck in your situation come on but you can bring heaven here on earth and so uh, when we talk about the, the role of the spirit of god we talk about the Holy Spirit living in us, working through us. How many people believe that the Holy Spirit has a job to do through you? He got, thank you, Scott. <laughs> he has a work to do through you, right? So you're not just saved to be saved, and you hear me say this all the time. You are saved to be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Because there is a work for you to do. Somebody say, I have a work to do. Come on, I say it again. I have a work to do. So the question is, are you doing the work? Right? Are you doing the work? What is God calling you to do that has the ability to change lives? And watch this. That work can't be done outside the Holy Spirit. He is your helper, the Bible says. He is one that Christ has given us to walk alongside of us, to give us help. God does not give you an assignment and not give you help. Come on. He gives you the assignment and then he gives you the Holy Spirit, which gives you the ability to do it. As you live out your kingdom life, I'm always talking to you about living out that kingdom life because you're not called to live in poverty or live broke or live upset or like everybody else. When the world looks at you, they ought to see something different. There ought to be something different. I gave you these these keys and I added one uh, that I thought was important, 12 ways the kingdom uh, functions. This is important. Right? We talked about last week the nature of the kingdom is increased. That means that it is once you're in the kingdom, it is the nature of the kingdom for you to increase in everything you do. You never live in lack. You never live in just enough. It is increased. Do you believe that today? Y'all don't sound like y'all believe it today. Y'all, come on. I work too hard just now. Y'all can at least give me an amen. Y'all can give me an amen. My goodness. Uh, number two, the dynamics of the kingdom is that everything gets better. Thank you, everything gets better. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, when you're in the kingdom, everything gets better, right? Your life doesn't get worse, it gets better. It gets better. That's why sometimes when I hear people say, when I was in the world, thing I used to do, who cares what you used to do when you was in the world? You were doing all that stuff on your way to hell, come on here somebody, but when, who cares? I used to drive a Mercedes when I was, so what? I'd rather drive a Buick on my way to heaven Come on, then drive a Rolls Royce on my way. To Come on, do I, am I the only one here? I'd I rather, I rather ride a bike, one of those ugly blue bikes down the streets, and be on my way to heaven than to have a luxury limousine on my way to hell. Are you hearing me here today? When you are in the kingdom, everything gets better. So whatever's messed up today, guess what? It's getting better. Watch well, us. The power of the kingdom is force. You heard me say today when we are praying, you got to take it by force. The Bible says, right? Uh, being a Christian is not about being passive. Uh, many times in prayer, you got to be aggressive in prayer. Prayer is the tool that God has given us to reclaim territory. Write that down. Prayer is the tool that God has given us to reclaim territory. Tweet it. Do something. All right. Don't forget that. Prayer is the tool that God has given us to reclaim territory. It starts with prayer. Number four, culture of the kingdom is service. We are to serve. We are here to serve. We are here to serve. Number five, the order of the kingdom, we talked about this last time, is structure. Right? That God is a God of structure and order. Right when he uh, built the ta- had Moses and him, uh, put the tabernacle together, there was an order: outer court, inner court, most holy place, the inner courts. He he had order where, where to put the brazen altar, where to put this, where to put the laver, all those things. There was an order and structure because God is a God of structure, and the enemy wants you to be out of order and out of structure, so you can't receive nothing God has for you. Man, that's a good that's a good point right there. Right, right. So if you if your life was all out of order then your out-of-orderness is not conducive to, to receive what God has for you because it only fits in structure. Make sense? It only fits in structure. It only fits in structure. So if there's some things that are out of order in your life, you need to ask God to bring order and structure so you can receive what he has. Number six, the anointing of the kingdom is gifts. We talked about that before. Number seven, success of the kingdom, I said, is generational dominion, right? Generational dominion. It doesn't just stop with you. You, your kids, your kids, get dominion, dominion, generational. Not just you personally, but if God has called you for an area or a region, generational dominion in that area. I remember uh, John G. Lake. I don't know if anybody ever heard of John G. Lake. Old school, right? John G. Lake uh, had an awesome healing ministry back, I don't know, maybe the 50s or 40s, somewhere back there awesome um, healing ministry and the city that he lived in was the most healthiest city in america now you're talking about presence that's presence that's generational dominion they had less sick people there where he lived because he just gave off that anointing that vibe and it spread out through his whole entire city a currency of the kingdom is faith everything that god exchanges from heaven to earth must come through faith Right? Prayer makes it possible, but faith is the currency in which it happens. Now, we're here praying today, and I don't have faith for what we're saying. Our prayers mean nothing. Make sense? Right? I have to have faith and believe in the prayer that we're praying. So faith is the actual currency. You should understand currency because everybody here like money. It is the actual currency. It is how you exchange things right? Faith is that, uh, is the currency of the kingdom. Don't ever forget that. Faith, faith, faith. Anything that is not a faith, the Bible says is sin. You have to be in faith, right? When you got saved, you were saved by faith, right? Your hair color didn't change. Your eyes didn't go from green to blue or whatever it was. You know, you didn't lose 50 pounds. I wish when I got saved, I didn't lose 50 pounds, but that's not what happens, right? When you got saved, there was no outer change, but there was an inner change because faith exchanged something, right? The strength of the kingdom is unity. We talked about that last week. The access to the kingdom is understanding mysteries. This is important because uh, many times Jesus would tell things to the disciples in parables and leave the unbeliever totally not understanding what was happening. So as a believer, many times God, when you read that word, I don't know if you ever read the word and God gave you a revelation out of a scripture that you read for years. And all of a sudden you see it differently now. Right, or you're sitting in service and a a same scripture you don't read during your Bible time is being taught, and you say, I never saw it like that. Am I the only one? Anybody else had, had that experience? Right, well, God shows you something different, right? Access to the kingdom is understanding the mysteries. Thomas was an unbeliever until Jesus told him, Take your hand, put it in here. Now he became a believer, right? Something that was a mystery, seeing Jesus. Risen from the dead was a mystery, but when Jesus gave him access to understand that mystery, he had access to the kingdom. That makes sense to you, right? Number eleven really important. The atmosphere of the kingdom is prayer. It is prayer, 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 prayer. And I keep that we're going to do more praying in RCC. And number twelve, which I think is is really critical, the language of the kingdom is love. The language of the kingdom is love. Right? So you have to make sure that you speak. The Bible says do all things in love. Do all things in love. I know you want to slap some people, but do all things in love. Let that old nature be quiet, right? Because the language of the kingdom is love. Uh, Now, look at this. So, last week we talked about, I want to finish this thought up real quickly, that we are joint heirs with Christ. So, this is important. Simple statement, but so important because when we talk about prayer, that God gave us access to heaven, right? And prayer makes, gives us the ability to take over territory. This is supported by Romans chapter 8, verse number 17. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and what joint heirs, the Bible says, with Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse number 17, says that you are joint heirs with Christ. How many people know, how many people believe that Christ is powerful? Uh, Come on, you believe that your Jesus has power, he has authority, uh, there there is no demon that has power over him. Come on. If you are a joint heir with him, that means that he has shared power with you. That makes sense joint heir. I am joint heir with Jesus Christ. That means that the same authority he has, I have here in the earth. The same things he did, I can do here in the earth. Are you hearing me here, somebody? People say, oh man, Jesus was powerful. Yes, he was powerful. Guess what? You can be just as powerful. There's nothing, when you are joint heir, there's nothing that he did that you can't do. There's no miracle we saw him perform that you can't perform. Amen? Joint heirs. Now, I looked up this word legally, and this was was awesome. This really blessed me. I, I didn't look up in a Bible dictionary, just in a regular legal dictionary. Joint heirs must legally, it said, have the following four requirements in order to exist as being joint heir. It must have one, interest, possession, time, and title. All right? For something or someone to be joint heir with someone else, there must be four things present. One, it must be an interest. It must be possession. must be time. And then there must be title. Let's dive into these real quickly. And I'm running. When we look at interest, it means that each owner has the same interest. So in other words, you can't consider yourself joint heir with Christ if your interest is not Christ's interest. You can't say I, I'm joint heirs, and he got a his his interest and agenda is souls and saving cities, and yours is getting to be a millionaire and uh, leaving stuff for just you and your family. No, no, you you have to be aligned, you have to have joint interest. Now there's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful, but your success should always want to fit into the interests of Christ. Am I making sense here today? Your success should want to fit in the interests of Christ. God, why do you want to— What well, I Test your motives. Why do you want to be successful? So people can know your name? Well, if you can't talk about them while you're broke, you ain't going to talk about them when you're rich. If you can't talk, to, talk about them when you got one bedroom, you're not going to talk about them when you got five. Are you hearing me here, somebody? He always tests you where you are before there's a promotion. You can't go from the third grade to the twelfth grade overnight without taking some tests. And God has to know, can I trust you if I give you more influence? Can I trust you if, is your interest aligned with mine? Number two, possession. I love this. Each owner holds an undivided interest. That means if I am joint heir, uh, you don't have more than me and I don't have more than you. It is undivided. It is, it is the same amount of authority. So if he says you are joint heir with Christ, that means that his authority now becomes your authority. He had power over sickness, you got power over sickness. He had power over the wind, you got power over the wind. There's no authority that he had, thank you Pastor Rick, somebody's here, that you don't have, because you are joint heirs. The third thing is time must be there. Time means that all owners receive their interest at the same time. When you became born again, Watch this, you didn't get a little bit of power of joint heir. Everything that he had, he gave to you at that instant moment. All at the same time. So guess what? Back in the day, you know, know, if you study the Roman Catholic Church, they made it so that you had to come to the priest in order to do things and you got to go into your confession booth. Well, guess what? As Christians today, as a believer, knowing the word of God, I can go to God for myself because I'm a joint heir. That makes sense to you. I don't have to go through Mary. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. Come on somebody. And you got people that don't know they're joint heirs still trying to go through Mary when you can move Mary right out the way and you're joint heirs with him. You are joint heirs with Jesus. And the last thing is that title, that all owners acquire their interests with the same deed. Oh, I wish I had a church here today. You acquire your interest with the same deed, and this Bible is the deed that you need to acquire your interest. But if you don't know what the deed says, you don't know what you have access to. Come on in, somebody. I remember when we first bought our house, uh, my neighbor, now they were there a couple years before us. We bought our house. We have a, a corner property, nice piece of land, And and I remember they uh, uh, came up to say, is is this piece of property yours or is it mine? Now, we done cleaned it up. It's ours. Clearly, it's our piece of property. And I I said, well, you need to go look at your deed because I know what mine say. You need to know know what yours say or you can hire you somebody that can lay, lay out what you have according. And they go to the records. A land surveyor, what they call them. They go to the records. Did I say that right? Right. They go to the records and they look up the perimeters of your territory and they mark it out. And that's what you have access to. Well, this Bible does the same thing, man. This word lays out what you have access to. And what happens is if you don't know you have access to something or you don't know something belongs to you, the enemy infringes on your property. God, I'm almost done. I'm almost there. He infringes on your property. So watch this. He infringes on your prayer life. He infringes on your children. He infringes on your household. And he done took control over everything that you got. Because you don't know the deed. But when you know the deed, you can say, In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave my house. I command you to leave my children. Come on there, somebody. I command you to leave my body because I'm healed. Why? Because I know who I am in Christ. I done seen the deed. I'm joint heirs with Christ. Look at the scripture Matthew 18 and 18. He says, truly I tell you that whatsoever you forbid, this is what joint heir looks like, and declare improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. So anything that is forbidden in heaven, you have the right and the authority to stop it From functioning in the earth man anything that is forbidden in the heavens you have the right and the authority to stop it from functioning here in the earth there is no cancer in heaven you have the right come on here somebody and the authority to stop it from happening in your body in somebody else's body right there is no poverty in heaven If there is, that's your own separate heaven. That ain't the heaven I'm going to, right? Then you have the right as a joint heir not to allow poverty to hit your life here in the earth. God didn't ask you to take a vow of poverty, right? He wants you to be blessed. The Bible says he's giving you power to get wealth, to get wealth, to get so that you can be a blessing to other people. He says, and whatsoever you permit, here it goes, And you declare. So everything that we see happening here on the earth, somebody's permitting it. And it's not being challenged. So when we were in prayer today, praying, praying for the prison system. So that whole system, see, the prison system is a system that the enemy created. That's not a kingdom system. That's not in the Bible. Come on here, somebody right uh, it, it's a system that was created by the enemy so we have to pray against that system all those the drugs all those things that if we as the church don't open our mouth and say hey that's not in heaven so I forbid it to be in the earth if we don't challenge that stronghold then we're giving it permission to exist <sighs> you got to challenge it and not give it permission to exist It doesn't come to the politicians. It comes from the church. It's our job as the church. Are y'all hearing me here today? Whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. So if you say "I, I release the spirit of peace, if peace is already in heaven, you have the authority to release peace. And anything that is opposite of peace has to come subject to peace. I know it's hot in here. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Anything that is opposite, if you say, uh, if if there's a spirit of violence going on, you can declare declare and decree peace, and violence has to come under the rulership of peace. Why? Because you are joint heir with Christ. Somebody say, I'm joint heir. Look at this last, I'm going to read one more scripture. God backs up the one who backs up heaven. (laughs) God backs up the one who backs up heaven. God will never leave you out there, not back up what you say, if you're backing up heaven. God always backs up the one who backs up heaven. So, is what you're believing backing up heaven? Is what you're decreeing backing up heaven? Because if you are, then God will also back you up. Are you hearing me here, somebody? He will back you up. So, the enemy, and I read this last scripture, uh, he comes, the Bible says, to steal, kill, and destroy, Right? So watch this. He's not going to sit there and let you be blessed and watch you come to church and praise God and worship. He's going to do everything he can to to stop you and get you out of the will of God. That's his job. But it's your job to make sure you stay in faith. It's your job to make sure you stay living in the kingdom. It's your job to make sure you stay prayed up and fasted up. Come on. It's your job to make sure you stay seeking the face of God. That's your job. Right? Because the enemy comes after everything that belongs to you. An example here is the last scripture I'm going to read. We'll finish next week. In Exodus chapter 10, verse 24 through 26, it says, and I love this, Then Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go serve the Lord. Now watch it. This is how how the enemy tells you. Go serve God. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. (laughs) Watch this. He says, I don't mind you serving God, but I need to hold on to something that belongs to you. He don't mind you worshiping, but as long as he got your household, go go, go to church Sunday. It's Sunday. Go ahead to church. But I got your kids. Y'all, come on. Come on. Go, 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 go. Go ahead to church. Go, go, go worship. But you know what? But you don't have enough money to get nothing to eat after because I got your money. You go ahead to church. I'll I, I, I hold on to your marriage, you go ahead to church, i hold on to your marriage. I, I hold on to your purpose and your dreams in your future, you go ahead to church, but let me hold on to all that. When he said, let me hold on to your flocks and your herds, when you studied, when Pharaoh was saying, let me hold your worship and your wealth. I want to hold your worship and I want to hold your wealth. I love Moses' gangster response. Now, watch this. He says in 24, let your little ones also go along with you. Because at first, that wasn't the agreement. He first, he was trying to keep the little ones. Moses went back to him and said, you can't keep my kids. Right? Verse 25, but Moses said, you must also give us sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Watch this. So he says when he said, let me, hold, let me keep your flocks and herds, let me hold your worship. So he doesn't mind you coming to church as long as you don't open your mouth and worship God while you're here. So that's why you kept hearing me say, open your mouth and worship him. Open your mouth and praise him. We gotta get to the place as a church where we are so loud that they can hear us down on Christian Street and on Broad Street, because what, we're not gonna let the enemy cause us to come to church, but he got our worship. And we got churches all over the world today. They'll come to church, but they leave their praise at home. Come on somebody. They leave their worship at home. They leave their prayer. How can you come to church and not praise God? How can you come to church and not worship God? Why? Because he let you go, but he held on to your worship. And Moses said, you must give me my sacrifice and my offerings. Offerings represent their wealth. He says, but we may sacrifice to our Lord God. Verse 26, our livestock also will go with us. Now, you notice something? You notice Moses the, is the one in authority making the demands to Pharaoh? Right? He didn't say, well, 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 Pharaoh, can I get half of my stock? Can, can, can you give me, can I at least get a hallelujah and you keep my amen? I mean, that, that's pretty much. That, that's pretty what we tell them every week. You know, can, can, can I at least get, you know, can I get $5 and, and, and you keep the 20 You know, can, can I do it? Every time we don't pay tithes, what we saying, well, I said, can, 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 can I hold on? Can you just give me a little? No, no, no. Moses said, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're not going to dictate to me what I can have. He says that our livestock also will go with us. I love this. Not one hoof shall be left behind. Ooh, that's good stuff right there. He says, I'm not leaving a hoof. Not one little tiny lamb, a hoof. is Everything that's ours is going with us to worship God. Are y'all hearing me here today? My kids know Sunday, their hoofs, all my hoofs, are going to church to worship God. Now, I don't leave not one hoof at home. (laughs) not one my hoofs stay at home. Why could we all go into worship? Pharaoh can't have none of my hoofs. Right? Because everything you have must belong to God. For we must take some of them to serve the Lord our God. I love it because he says this represents our wealth and our worship and we use this to serve God. Not to serve us, but to serve God. Pharaoh's saying, you can close your Bibles, Pharaoh 's saying, what do you need flocks and herds in a wilderness? Because Pharaoh's thinking about the fact that you need his system in order to prosper. And God's telling them, I'm getting you off of Pharaoh's system. Come on. Your job is not your resource. Your job is your ministry. That's where you serve. But God can touch somebody else's heart to give you everything you need. Come on. You got to know that you're not on that system. You're on the kingdom system. And even we do not know With what we must, I love this part, with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. Moses says, I don't know what God's going to ask for, but I'm going to bring everything that he may ask for. You know, when I first got saved, (laughs) when I first got saved, Mr. Chris, I used to, you know, before, you know, we didn't have like the the apps and stuff like that. And so I I would just put $20 in my pocket. And and when I was just a young man, and I said, that's my offering. And, and then God started convicting me and said, how you know I'm not going to ask for more than your $20? I was like, well, that's all I'm going to give is my $20. <laughs> and he started really convicting me about that. You know, we think we slick. All I got is $20. God will give you everything I got. And you know it ain't all you got. Right? Because he said, Moses said, listen, I'm going to bring everything because I don't know what God's going to ask for. Because whatever he asks for, heaven, I'm ready to give to him. What are you not bringing into the house of God? What skills, what anointings, what talents, what gifts are you leaving outside the door because you don't want God to ask you for them? Man, y'all quiet. I'm done. I'm done. What what, what skills are you giving to Pharaoh Monday through Friday but you want to rush out the door when you're here because you're scared God, represented by Pastor Andre, may ask you to use that to serve God? Man, it's quiet in here. I know. What, what, what are you hiding that you don't want to say, Pastor, here it is. You need that? I, I, I'll use God. I'll, I'll use that to serve God. Man, imagine if you put that on the altar, what he can do with that. It can't multiply and increase at home. Right? It can't multiply increase at home. But if you give it to God... Moses said, now remember, we're talking about millions of people exiting Egypt. Stand to your feet. So he had millions of flocks and herds. Millions. He says, I'm not leaving not one hoof with you, Pharaoh, because God may ask for it all. And when he asks for it, I want to be ready to give him what he asks for because whatever he asks for and I give to him, he always gives it back and increase, overflow, and abundance. We live in a society that is selfish, self-centered, and we're not seeing the harvest, but God wants to do something special in your lives today. I want to make sure that you live a victorious life. You don't want to live a struggling life, do you? (laughs) Right? You want to make sure that you're walking out and living these 12 kingdom functions. And I want you to work these 12 functions. I want you to meditate on that this week to make sure that you are living in the function of the kingdom of God. Increase, things get better, force, serve, structure, gifts. These are things that you're working in. And when people see your life, they see it happening. Anything that is not in the earth, when you are joint air with God, it can be imported from heaven into the earth. God can give you new lungs. God can give you new joints. God can give you new organs. Come on here, somebody. God will create a company in order to give you the job that you've been praying for. God will make space like He did for Ben when He brought him over here. God makes space for a place that He wanted to be at. God will create space, He'll create departments in order to give his children space at the table. gotta know who you are in God. Live out these functions. Make sure prayer is your atmosphere. Not chaos and worry and defeat, but make sure prayer is. Just lift your hands for a moment. Father, we thank you that every person that is here today. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the talents. Thank you for the anointings on their life. God, we pray that they become everything that you has called them to become. Thank you that this word is active, it's alive, it's moving. It's changing their lives, that as they go through the week this week, that they shall go through with power, authority, and the peace of God. Thank you, Father, they will not leave their flocks, their worship, their wealth at home but make sure that they bring everything, their gifts, their talents, everything with them because God may require something of them. We know you always ask because you're trying to get a harvest into our life. That every seed we sow, so bring back a great harvest. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody clap those hands one more time and give Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to let you go. A couple things real quickly. I want to make an announcement. We're going to keep you today in prayer. Father, past